Hey, this is Mike from Roanoke, and you're listening to the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. She got a sixer from a store down the street. Stayed up watching basketball replays. There's a reason that she can't go to sleep. Got nothing to do with LeBron James. We got bored, so we started a podcast about the best bar band in the land, man. This is the Hood Rat Recap, and we are back. We are your steady stream of the unified scene of all the news and reviews of a band that you love, we love, but your friends and family. Hi, everybody. I am Stage Right Mike on the mic. And as always, I am joined by the Unified Scene's very own King of Queens, Gasper. Gasper, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. But you know what? I've been trying to get people to call me Casanova. Valentine's Day episode, my buddies. <laughs> well, why, is, why Casanova, Gasper? Because I'm a world-famous lover, man. And how's that working out for you? Not very good at all. People keep calling me Pepe Le Pew. So I'll stick with King of Queens. You stink as much as that joke. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew's been canceled, too. God. It's a smelly Lothario. That's what we could call you now. Next episode, I'll call you Smelly Lothario. Right. Moving off this awkwardness, uh, that is the sound of Kevin is whatever. Our on mic producer and third mic. How you doing, man? I am good. It's good to be back. This is a great episode that I feel uh, we were very fortunate to welcome the ladies, uh, Desi and Kaylee, from the Hold Steady is for Women podcast. Uh, and we had a great chat with them discussing the interesting relationship views that Craig and the Hold Steady present to their listeners. Sounds good, man. You guys ready to jump right in? Let's do it. So we want to welcome uh, Kaylee and Desi from uh, the Hold Steady Is For Women podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show with us, man. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having us. (laughs) We've been looking forward to to this one. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally make it work. All different, all these different schedules merging. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got four different states represented here, right? So. Yep, two time zones. We do. Yeah. Yeah. two time zones. Two four time states. zones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the schedule between what's going on with the band and us—it's like that's really been made, making it crazy, right? Like this has been a roller coaster of a year so far. Before we started recording, uh, Kevin was talking about your guys' podcast just interviewed Franz, which was really awesome. If you guys haven't heard that yet, definitely go check it out. Um, it was a great episode. Um, Kev, why don't you... Well, I'll get to the sort of question when we're sort of talking about the songs, because it's going to tie into my song selection for the thing. But just getting into the overall podcast, it was curious, how did you guys get to know Franz? And was it you guys just went up to him at a show? Is it a random email? Because... Listening to the show, you guys had a great rapport with him, and it really 
came across and and you know franz is is very eloquent in his answers and, and just knowing all of that like it was a very interesting conversation and the point that gaspar was referring to i'll bring up later but you know you guys you know the point of the whole study is for women is you kind of feel like it's an underserved gender to sometimes some of the messaging because i did notice some of the messaging even that he discussed so We'll get to that, but I'm just curious, how'd you get the interview with Franz? And, you know, was that the first time you've talked to him on the show? Uh, I think I can speak for myself. Um, I mean, I saw the whole study for the first time like 15 years ago. So I think by this point, um, pretty good, uh, you know, rapport with with uh, the band members. But we just reached out to Franz via email and asked if he'd want to chat, um, not specifically about the whole study, but more specifically about like his other projects and uh, and then some more of like what our uh, podcast is focused on in terms of like the the scene and and really like the media at tropes surrounding the band. Can you just sort of spell it out for our listeners that may not know, like they should know, because we talk sure. about you guys a lot on this show. But <laughs> I think it's very interesting. And, and considering what we're going to talk about later in the episode is sort of the the sort of Valentine's Day theme, hold steady view of relationships. It, it's interesting to hear the, you know, the approach that your show really does an excellent job of trying to show that. Music is for everybody, but sometimes messaging gets lost along the way. Yeah. Desi, go for it. Um, so I think one of the I think one of the main questions that we get is like where the whole studies for women came from. And I think it came from us being like so tired of, you know, people asking us why we were at shows, people asking us, Oh, do you even know who Patterson Hood is? you know name a drive by trucker song um, and just feeling very uh, feeling very outside. And also I uh, want to clarify when we say the whole study is for women, we mean all women, uh, trans women are women, uh, non-binary, the whole study is for everybody. So um, when we think about feeling like we don't belong in the space, we wanted to really make it clear that, um, everybody does belong here. And if you uh, feel otherwise, then we are, you know, we are here to welcome you. And um, yeah. I think that the the podcast idea started when we just got sick of the same jokes about the lines at the bathroom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. So um, yeah. Kayla, I don't know if you have anything to add to it. Yeah. I think that it originated with like, in earlier Brooklyn Bulls, they would do the big uh, pictures with everyone um, pre pre COVID. And one year we did like every uh, like all of our friends um, who all happened to be women, and there were like fifteen of us in a group picture, and we were like, "Hold steady is for women," and it kind of came up from that. And really, if you like, I noticed it last time, especially too. If you look at the whole front row of. Um, of the show, it's not a lot of white dudes these days. Um, like where you know, non-white or uh, non-dude, uh, non-white dude people are taking up a lot more space. Um, and so I think like one of the things that we felt important to clarify is that we've never felt like excluded by the music or the band or like the songs um, or not represented. It's been in you know interviews with like jokes about 
dad music or, you know, things, you know, about how it's just a bar band for, for dudes and all, and all of those things that is where we were confused about like, well, wait a second. Like we love this music. We've both have dedicated a significant portion of our lives to this band. You know, why aren't we represented in the way people talk about the hold steady? Right. I can see what you're saying. So more like the way it's represented in the media and probably the social media groups and all the memes. (laughs) So many memes. Yeah. Yeah, Um, exactly. Because I've always found it's like it's a pretty welcoming community. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things I love about this band the most is that they've built this awesome community around it. And I mean, I've told this before in the podcast, like I know about this band because of my wife. It was was her who brought me the Hold Steady and... (laughs) I've kind of taken it over because it's become an obsession. But, um, cool. So let's hear about the, uh, you guys went to the 20th anniversary show. Let's, yeah. Let's hear some details on that. We connected very, very early at the show. I think I was getting out of my cab and they yeah. were like, you guys were first online. So like props to you guys. Yeah. Um, I we, brought, actually, we brought it old school. <laughs> I was going to meet a friend at a bar before I came, but what'd you guys think? Like, up in the front row, like I, I saw you guys up there, and what's your impression of the show? Uh, it was I was a, an awesome one. I feel like it felt like an old school hold steady show. You know, there are a lot of like uh, a lot of people who um, I've known for all of my time at, of going to shows were able to make it, and um, just I mean the set list too. All all of almost killed me. It just had that vibe of like an early uh, hold steady show. It was, it was a lot of fun. I was a little emotional. It was was 20 years. It's crazy. It's a long time. Yeah. Now you guys weren't at the first show, right? The, the one that was at North six. No, No, I was 15. Yeah. (laughs) I unfortunately was not at it. I don't think any of us have been at the, at at the first show I've you know heard about it. And I think, um, if you went on the walking tour, uh, with, um, Rob, yep. Rob Sheffield, um, he kind of talked about that show a little bit. So I was very excited when they announced this one. Was anyone at the uh, 10 year show at music hall? Yep. I yeah. was there. I was at the 10 year show at uh, the, is it the Abbey? Is that the Harrisburg? Yeah. At the Abbey. Harrisburg. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that at that show. So Heather was just pregnant with, uh, with my son. Cause that was like, they called it the 10 year show, but it wasn't quite the 10 year yeah. show yet. They figured the, they, the math was out yeah. wrong. Um, so we were kind of looking at it as like, this might be our last show because life's about to change and everything's going to, you know, <laughs> be different. And obviously that's not what happened because <laughs> we're still here. But um, And while we're on that topic, I want to take a minute to congratulate Kaylee. Uh, awesome news. Thank uh, you. you. You got a baby on the way. So yes. that's fantastic news and all oh, the best congrats. of luck. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm due in July uh, with a boy. So this was actually technically baby's second uh, or third hold steady show because I was also pregnant uh, for Brooklyn Bull, but we weren't talking about it yet. Um, but it was I was happy to be able to still be in my spot uh, and in the front row and Desi and others made a barrier around me when the crowd got a little pushy so that <laughs> so that baby and I were safe, which was really awesome. Uh, just nice. speaks to the to the community. Yeah, I give you credit for going in the front row because I don't <laughs> ever want to be in the front row, and you not only went in the front row while pregnant, right? So that's almost like extra credit in the hold steady scorecard. It's usually like us and a bunch of our friends that are up there on the front row anyway, so that prevents it from getting too crazy. It's usually crazier like in the middle, a few rows back. Um, 
if that helps to entice anyone to come to the front with us. I mean, it's even just a journey. Like I think like sometimes like if I had to go to the bathroom, the journey to get through the fans and then try and make it back. Like that's, that's like climbing a mountain to me. I'd rather just stay off to the side. And if I remember correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are like with wine glasses up front at, at the, at the shows, right? Wine in the pit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Which is amazing. Cause like that's difficult in its, in its own right. Right. Like, but I yeah. remember seeing that at a few Brooklyn Bowl shows. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we discovered uh, the year before last that the Brooklyn Bowl will actually sell you an entire bottle of wine, um, which was kind of a game changer in the moment. Um, we were, it felt like we were doing something illegal, but then we were like, well, they just want the $50 for this $10 bottle of wine. They don't actually care. <laughs> it's more efficient, too. You know, you don't have yeah. to. Matter of fact, now that, we're, now that we're talking about it, I remember a Brooklyn Bowl where somebody hands Franz a bottle of wine and he just kind of slugged from it. Was that you guys? That was, yes. Our friend Claire. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yep. We were like, well, we'll all get COVID, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if we go down, we go down together. If we go down, yeah. everyone goes down. <laughs> yeah. <you> go. <laughs> yep. Interestingly enough, my wife and I were at the Brooklyn Bowl show, and we did get COVID. So. I, yeah, I heard that in your in your recap <laughs> I episode. Was like, I was lit- I was supposed to go to the 20th anniversary show, but I had just gotten over COVID and I had to travel for work. And I'm like, as much as I want to go, they already got a negative against me, so I can't go right. back and risk. <laughs> Having to cancel a week of travel to get I don't, We had a few of our friends uh, got it, um, as did um, Mosh Pit Josh after uh, this year again. And I was mm-hmm. shocked that uh, we didn't. I had it in September, so I think I was at the tail end of my COVID antibodies. There but we go. We're <laughs> freshly boosted, so we felt pretty okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I think Kevin's like the last industry that still does the bubble, basically. It's... It, that's where we run into things with him where he's like, I got to go to this city. So I'm not leaving the house for a week basically. But right. is Kevin is, has Melanie forgiven me yet for the, the COVID? Uh, you'll the you'll have to ask her. I, I mean, we still haven't booked Chicago yet if that's your answer. So we're still playing it by ear. I didn't realize that was still a possibility. I thought you guys were yeah, on that. But. With us, everything's still a possibility. <laughs> Right, cool. I hope you guys do make it. <laughs> All right. So just to jump into recapping the show a little bit. Um, so one of the things uh, right off the bat, they walked out to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Clark Heart Club Band, which was a lot of fun. You got that 20 years ago today line, um, which I mean, let's face it. The reason there are so many memes around this band is because they, they meme us constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and to me, some of the highlights of this set were there were so many songs that were played that like haven't been played for a long time. And I've maybe only heard once and some even not at all ever at a, a live show. Like what were some highlights for you guys? Curves and nerves. Curves and nerves. Mm-hmm. You know the call came out on the princess phone on the patio. She said, hey, I've got your pedal. Tell that puppeteer that I ain't here yet. Tell him that I ain't done with my ears yet. Tell him that I'm up in Massachusetts. And if he wants to buy me some, I'll be in the kitchen at Making meals out of Mars First time since 2008, is that correct on that song? 
think that's what he said. Yeah. And uh, I think first uh, successful foray, because I've heard the recording from 2008 and they really do just fall apart. It's not successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, some of these songs are the songs that like they're just not in practice on because they're they're yeah. B sides and not in heavy rotation. And like Sketchy Metal was was one of those that haven't been played since 2014, and Milk Crate Mosh since 2011. Um, for some reason, I I texted the guys like when they played Sweet Pain, I lost my mind. Me too. Like, I know I've heard this at a show, but like it feels like we haven't heard it much, right? Like. It's very rare. Yeah, I've only heard it maybe once, I think, live. Yeah. That's one of those songs that like I don't have any tattoos, but if I were to get a tattoo, it would be something around the line reaching through the speakers and trying to hold on to the quarter notes. Like that line just hits so heavy That's for That's amazing. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I know uh in Rob Sheffield's recap of the show, he said that that uh the I always dream about a unified scene felt like a benediction. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the point in the night too, where I was like, started feeling more emotional and Craig got emotional. And, you know, we were all just like, uh, it's in sweet pain. It feels like ironic when he's talking about it, but like that night it felt it genuine felt and we were all, yeah. Yep. And you did get a brand new song too, from the upcoming album. So it was, Considering the 20 years, they really did give you a good 20-year cross-section by playing a song from a record that's not even out. I mean, we have it now because of the pre-orders and everything. We've heard it for months, but, you know, they did bust out Sideways Skull just to, you know, fill in, which looking at the set list went right into Sequestered in Memphis. So it's kind of interesting. You you get a new song, Milk Crate Mosh, right before that, which is a little more obscure, and then they go right into probably the most played <laughs> Old steady song <laughs> right. of the night. I think they played a song from each album, right? And then all of almost killed me in the B sides, and then a song from every every album. Mm. If I'm, yeah, that's about right. Thinking, yep. looking Correct. at the set list, it's that's about right now. Yeah. And it was a good representation of everything, but it did feel like this is kind of our old stuff, but like we're going to give you everything. Mm. Um, <laughs> one of the things that struck me is that it felt like. In the encore, we get the Weekenders and Chips Ahoy, but like we get them backwards, <laughs> right? Like you should get Chips Ahoy first, and then, but, <laughs> and of course, certain songs. Like any show that certain songs is played at is is an amazing show. I love uh, when Craig was doing those on his solo tour a few years ago. If you caught him doing certain songs on on a solo tour in the Boston show, this must have been like 2015 for uh, Faith in the Future. But he uh, brought out Josh Cantor from who does the music for the Red Sox and um, plays um, accordion. And they did certain songs uh, together on stage. And it was wonderful. Oh, cool. I've actually not caught him doing that. So I've seen him a bunch on the solo stuff. Yeah, Um, I've seen him do it. uh, I think Kaylee's right. It must have been 2015. I saw mm -hmm. him do it in Minneapolis. And it was when he was with Titus Andraticus, but he didn't come up for that yeah. song. Of course. Right. That was the show yeah. that me, that's what they did in New York. It was kind of the same at the yeah. Kim and Titus were touring together. Cause yeah. they had that similarity in, um, in faith in the future. Right. But all right, cool. So I'm just um, curious, how does killer parties come over after 20 years being the 20th anniversary show? Since you do hear that at every, does it feel different when you're at that show? Like, Knowing this specific evening, I'm you know for the three of you that was there. Does it feel like, you know, all right, this is the end of book one, and book two is going to start whatever the next show I get to go see him is, or does it just kind of blend together for you all? 
I think it blends together. It felt a little different this time just because like Haley was saying, we were all emotional. Craig was emotional. He was started, mm-hmm. he was talking about how uh, the 20 year show is really just like a celebration of 20 years of friendships. And I don't know that one really like being there with Kaylee, who's my, like my best friend being there with my husband who I met because of the band. It just felt very like, very, um, I don't know. It didn't feel like that the closing of a book, but it, it definitely felt like, a. Uh, Kaylee, you're the you're the writer. What's the like interlude? <laughs> interlude that's the word. Yeah, I mean, likewise for me, I you know um, also met my husband uh, technically because of the hold steady. Um, our mutual friend is a friend that I had um, from the band who was his college roommate. So, um, and you know, knowing there and, and pregnant, and you know, next to my best friend, it, it was like, wow. Killer parties did almost kill us, but we're still here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so i I had my uh, our buddy uh, Mike with us, who this was his first Hold Steady show, believe it or not. Um, he it started with he was kind of teasing me about quoting lyrics online, um, and I think it was laminates when when Open Door Policy first came out. I had put a, a quote in my Facebook profile, and like he was just like. Oh, that's super deep, man, or like something stupid like that. And then two weeks before the show, he texts me the lyrics from Laminate. <laughs> I'm like, what's that about? And he goes, I've been making fun of you for so long. Like, I started listening to this band, and now I really like them. <laughs> I'm like, well, they're playing if you want to come. And, and he wound up coming. So when Killer Parties came up, I was like, here's where you get, like, indoctrinated into the cult. Like, you'll, <laughs> you'll see what I mean, but this is, like, <laughs> where you pledge to the cult. <laughs> And I feel kind of like that's what that is at the end. Is it's like that's just your like, like it's you confetti kind of baptize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Or in our case, this time we got baptized by the sweat of uh, of Smiley Guy, one of the uh, enthusiastic moshers. Yeah, cardigan dude, cardigan <laughs> very dude. enthusiastic and very sweaty. <laughs> very sweaty. <laughs> so why why do you call him Smiley Guy? He was so he was so smiley, smiley. and he just kept shouting fun. <laughs> And we were like, you're the only one having fun doing this, my guy. But uh, sure. <laughs> to the point where, like, later on at Lake Street, Steve uh, Selvage was like, how about Smiley Guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed you guys at Lake Street. We were in the front. Oh. Um, I did notice Steve was in the back, and we were like, we were going home. So, like, I'm not going to bother him. But It gets to be such a late cool. night. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I can't believe how late I stayed out. But we we scored some tables in back, and then I just hunkered down. I was like, I'm not moving. Nice. <laughs> Be here with my seltzer. <laughs> that is the play at yep. Street for sure. Yeah, it's amazing how many people they pack into that place, right? Like, it's crazy. Do you ever go not after hold steady shows? I keep meaning to because I don't live far from there, right. um, but I have not. Have you? Yeah, um, it's a couple times. You know, when I'm in the city, um, we, uh, we usually end up there. We were actually there Friday night too. Uh, oh, cool. Just after dinner, we stopped with some friends um, to hang out on the patio out back, um, which was. There's a patio out. There's back? a patio out back. Yeah. <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> I have no happen. idea. When you only go during the uh, during the massive nights, it's November, December, so no one's on a patio. So yeah, <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> And we were there in the summer too. And Lake Street in the daytime is a little bit different, but they have uh, they've got like frozen Negronis. I've heard that I might need mm. to check out. 
some cool. point. After yeah. after July. After There's July. one waiting for you. Yep. <laughs> All right. You want to jump into our theme? Sure. Let's cool. do it. Let's All right. Have one of the ladies go first. Sure. Uh, so just to explain what we're doing here with Valentine's Day coming, we decided to do a Valentine's Day-esque episode, and we're going to discuss the relationships uh, with within the Hold Steady universe and how they're depicted. Um, and we were, we're at a coin toss for the title of this episode. The original title was uh, that we came up with was um, The Unified Dating Scene, but Kevin uh, suggested that in honor of you guys on the podcast, The Hold Steady is for Lovers. I so like we'll it. let you guys decide which which do you prefer. That's nice. Hold or if you have something others. better, yeah. you don't need one of those. Yeah. You, you, that is true. We will. Kaylee's a writer. <laughs> They're both very witty. They may have a better suggestion than either of those two. Which, again, I'm happy to adjust. <laughs> that sounds good, Desi. Do you want to go first? Uh, I wicked don't. To be honest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because you used a Boston slang, I'll uh, I'll <laughs> go first. Um, so, I mean, I feel like Cold Study doesn't uh, generally talk about the best parts of relationships uh, very frequently. Craig and his lyrics. Um, I always thought it was funny how um, calls boys and girls in America his love his love record. Um, but when I was thinking about. Uh, what song to choose. I was coming back to an old song that they've been playing a lot more recently, which is Modesto is not that sweet. That's an excellent song. Love that song. And I think Craig has mentioned it's one of his favorite. song and I was reflecting on how um, I think it was at the at Brooklyn at soundcheck he said um, when they when they played it he he was like the whole story of this song is in the first two lines um, you know I can't believe that I was worried about her uh, about hurting you I should have kicked it with your cousin when I had the opportunity but then what I love about that song is how it lays out both the relationship of the narrator and, you know, the woman that he's talking about, but also whatever's happening with the cousin at the party and her yearning and longing. And then this guy from California that turned out to be an asshole. And it's so much of expectations and reality and all of these things, you know, coming together that really just speaks to, to anyone who has any relation, you know, experience with a number of relationships, romantic or otherwise, but I can't believe that I was worried about hurting you is a line I think about a lot. So many of these songs, it's like not many of them are just like, we're in love and everything's great. It's always just like, here's the tragedy of our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's funny. That's sort of why when we talked about the hold steady is for lovers, kind of is in a title as we were doing, well, personally me, as I was doing research into the, the songs, there's no real warm and fuzzy hold steady love song. Like, otherwise, one of the five of us would have jumped on it. And even in Modesto, it's talking about, you know, you might still be showing up, but you look pretty good. It's like, you know, there's always some demon 
in these relationships or some crutch or some, so, you know, and that's just the world that Craig paints almost a million times over, you know, whether it's this song and it's going to come up if we talk about some of the other selections, like it's two broken people meeting, making it work for either a short period of time or an extended period of time. But like, it's, it's almost like a beautiful tragedy. Like here it is, but as told by Craig Finn and, you know, it's interesting that we're calling this a Valentine's day episode, but it's not really like, you know, the hallmark candy and flowers. None of these songs have that. It's just not what they write. And that kind of makes sense in the, like, so like Kaylee was saying, Craig calls, um, boys and girls his love record but like that comes directly from the jack kerouac quote the the you know boys and girls in america have such a sad time together like it's i mean just to i have the quote just to read it it's uh boys and girls in america have such a sad time together sophistication demands that they submit to sex immediately without proper uh preliminary talk no courting talk real straight talk about souls for life is holy and every moment is precious like I like the way Craig says it better than him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but like that captures the whole the whole thing there where it's like it's that's where he's it's, and it's funny that he calls that his love record because it's a weird thesis. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and even like I think about the the songs on that record that could be love songs, even Citrus has, you know, the refrain is I've had kisses that make Judas seem sincere. So even Citrus, which nowadays when they play, it feels like a nice like community song and, you know, people link arms and, and, but I'm like, well, are we listening to what we're singing the same along song? with here? <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting you bring that up because Heather was supposed to join us, but um, unfortunately couldn't make it. She, she's with my son, but that was going to be her pick. And I'm like, really citrus. Like, I don't see that as a relationship song. Like, why do you see that as a relationship song? And so I'd be like, can you expound on that a little bit? Cause that's, that's interesting. So I think, I mean, it is a relationship song. I think it's about the way that people interact with each other. Um, and that I think Craig's using the way that different liquors and mixers, co-mingle as you know a metaphor for the way that that different people get along um and the effect that it kind of has on you or at least that's okay. my reading of it i could see it like the, so i mean that the, the innuendo there is definitely there in yeah. that line but the rest of the song always seems so much to me like about music like and and the music scene and but that's still and that does co-mingle so much on that mm-hmm. true <laughs> that is true mm-hmm uh, I thought that was cool because, like I said, that was that would have been Heather's pick, and um, so thank you. Shout out to Heather. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Desi, you want to go next? Uh, sure. And I, um, I had originally said that I was going to do Eureka. I'm going to pivot. Uh, and is it okay if I talk about spinners? Whatever you want to talk about, it's all good. <laughs> um, so I feel like. I feel like in general, the people who listen to the old study, the people who really love the old study are not necessarily the most um, healthy people, or at least we find them in, in parts of our lives where we're not maybe doing the best. And um, Teeth Dreams came out when I, I had just graduated from college and I moved from Michigan to Virginia and I had just broken up or my, my long-term boyfriend had just broken up with me. And I was in this new city where I didn't know anybody. And when Spinners came out, it felt like 
it just felt like it was the right song, the right time describing everything that was going on in my life. that it's not a relationship song but there's a lot going on not only uh talking about like the the breakup the breakup uh the heartbreak part of it but like the same guy buys another round to let her know she's interested or he's interested like that's uh, i think that that is a relationship that might uh lend itself to some of the other some of the modesto style songs um mm-hmm. I mean, Spinners is also a great look at a person and their relationship to a city. So listening to your story about how, you know, you were moving, you were going through these big changes, it kind of makes sense that that song connects to you. And actually, that's the one that has the line that I love. That's like, once you're out there, everything's possible, might be a fight, might be a miracle. Like, you, you pack up your whole life and move to a new place. And all you've got is the brick and mortar until you find your space. And it really is a is a great period. So it, I can understand why when you say that, like that song would do, and it it is a relationship. It's a relationship with this person and themselves. And sometimes when you get to Valentine's Day, you're always looking about these relationships with another person. But you know, there's that saying like, "Can't love someone else until you can love yourself." And like, that's how I look at Spinners. Spinners is like this person trying to make their way in this new city, but like still trying to find themselves as they're doing it and. You know, Hallmark doesn't have a card to for you to give yourself. Unfortunately, you always got to give it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that is a big part of it too. Like it, it sounds trite to say or whatever, but it is a song that helped me feel more comfortable being by myself and enjoying my own company and um, things like that. And I moved from a farm town in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, to uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, which is a big money uh, college town in the South. And it was, it was quite a culture shock. Uh, But, you know, you, um, you adjust and you figure it out. And uh, part of that is learning how to be by yourself and learning how to not be in a relationship, I guess. And one of the things that sound does that, that Craig is so good at is, Yes, it does present this like tragic end to a relationship of the broken people, but at the same time, it's there's so many examples, and this is one of them where like the empowerment of women in a relationship because it's women do have the power in in, in the relationship, and that that line of like she decides she's going to get some guy before she even finds him. It's like it. I love when he does that, where it's just like, yeah, she's hurting, but like 
she's in control of this whole thing. And you don't see that in a lot of music. So it's cool to see that. Yeah. I love uh, any song that a woman has agency in. So (laughs) another reason that I think this is a popular, popular favorite. It's, it's one of my favorites. And I actually think that there's like a misreading too of a lot of a hold steady songs about like with Holly or whatever, assuming that she doesn't have agency in what she's doing or that she's like a victim. But I think that Holly has a lot more agency than we're privy to given the unreliable narrator that we're hearing the story from. Agree. So, I mean, that's a great point in that the the overall theme of these songs where you you have those characters. So the narrator is, is he's like, I've always like read him as like, he's the nice guy who's in the friend zone, right? (laughs) Like he's trying to, to get with Holly. He's not admitting that he's trying to get with Holly and, He's always the guy on the sideline, like watching the stuff going on and then doing all the stuff like buying back the jewelry when she's in rehab and, and like that type of stuff. Like, um, how do you see like that whole, st- I've been trying to put that story together forever and, and I don't think you'll ever get a full linear story, but what's your guys take on that? Well, I know that Craig said that he's not writing about those characters anymore. So I do think that like post, uh, Post, I think, Separation Sunday, but for sure post Stay Positive, we're not hearing about about those same characters any longer. Um, so I think the universe that he's writing about is is from a it's different people. And I think that especially starting in Teeth Dreams, he started writing a lot more like using his own life, not explicitly, but certainly implicitly uh, in the lyrics. Um, so I can go either way with the the lore of of early hold steady songs it's fun now do you find yourself and i i know he said that and i do believe that but do you find yourself when you hear a new song going wait a second like is he talking about this or not talking about this and like the only song the only song that i've done that with was um i hope this whole thing doesn't frighten you and it's only because you know that's about yeah it feels like a return back to like the whole scene of this but and that makes sense, right? Because these are his songs, and like some of this is going to be based in his life, and uh, you know, even the early stuff has to be based somewhat in his life. So that kind of makes sense. Um, I think he's just self-referential. Too. <laughs> so <laughs> we had a uh, were you at the Brooklyn Bowl where uh, a buddy of mine had um, had asked a question, and I asked it in the Q and A. Um, the now it's going to fall out of my head. The song um, <laughs> Esther. Mm. We were talking about Esther, and he felt that, like, is Esther Holly? Like, this is where Holly is when she's on the run. And we got that awesome answer of, like, she's like, I'm not so sure Esther is a female. And and that was kind of eye-opening where it's like, okay, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. But cool. All right, so who's going next? Why don't you go with yours, Mike? Pick up the weekenders. Yeah, when I think of the Weekenders, I think of the one line that does not support my uh, 
main thesis, but it's the one line that just overpowered me so many times uh, when I heard the song the first few times I heard it, but it's just uh, the line that I think is their best setup and their best punchline. You know, the theme of this party is the industrial age, and then the punchline... We, you know, you came in dressed as a train wreck. So I don't know if you guys think of that as being a big line, but that just overpowered me the few first few times I heard the song. But now the line that really gets to me after I heard it a few times is, I don't think I was your first choice, but I think I was the last one remaining. Every time I hear that, it's just a total gut punch to me. And that's what's so relatable to me about this song is uh, I really relate to Craig because I feel like he's always writing about being one step behind in the relationship, kind of being in a relationship that's over his head. And uh, it kind of reminds me of that line where he says, in the end, this is not one of those romantic comedies. In the end, no one's going to learn a lesson. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but I I, kind of think Craig's just a great writer. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so that, that line reminds me of just like, you know, like when you're watching a romantic comedy, you're not like, oh, I, th- I thought Matthew McConaughey was uh, so dumb at the beginning of this movie, but now I really respect the way he's applying the lessons that he learned. No, it's not like that. In, in real life, we don't learn lessons. We just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, but since we have the ladies here, what I really wanted to ask them is uh, about this one line, in the end, only the girls know the whole truth. One of our favorites. One of our favorites. Uh, to me, I think that that line means that. Um, I think in a lot of cases, when women speak, men will try to interpret what we're saying into what they want it to say or what they want us to be saying, or they think that we are not being truthful. And I think in the end, only the girls know the whole truth. Uh, I think that's mostly just saying like women are only ever going to really believe each other. Hmm. I always took it like, as you know, like, you know how the woman has her best friend and they talk about everything and they know everything. So they know the whole truth, but us as guys, we're just not as intuitive. And I'm always like a step behind. I'm like, (laughs) always like, what's going on now? (laughs) I also think of as like the, the group of, of women in the scene who may have been there as, you know, the, the you can make him like yous of it all and the, and the plus ones, but in the end, they really know what went on at the party. Right. Mm-hmm. See, now, for all the songs that we picked, I, I took a, uh, a peek at Clicks and Hisses because I feel like that's such a great way to try to understand the story. Like, I don't know how correct he is, but um, so what he- Not on this one. Yeah, I, so I want, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Like he says that this is an update on the Sapphire storyline. That um, it's a callback to Chips Ahoy, which we kind of agree with, and that um, Sapphire is the one that has the clairvoyance and um, you know is is putting down the the nine hundred bucks on the fifth horse in the sixth race, and that Sapphire in his version of this story is also the person in One for the Cutters. Um, Right. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that, like, what do you guys think about that? Because in, in that, in his dis- description of the story, when he's saying only the girls know the whole truth, it's that Sapphire and another character know the story behind the murder. I think in terms of the, like, murder mystery of that record, yeah, I, I guess I can see how you get there. But I don't know. That's a line that I've always taken out of the, uh, out of the original context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure on heaven is whenever that he's writing about sapphire. Yeah, me neither. 
I don't know that we'll ever really get full answers either, because I think he likes the fact that this is a mystery and it's all mixed up. I'm going to jump with my example, because I know Kevin's got the happier one. So we'll end Mm -hmm. on the happier note. Um, So I went with You Could Make Him Like You. The thing I like about this song so much is that this is another example of, like, they paint the the female in this picture as like the vulnerable broken one, right? Like that, that line, like you, you know, you could wear his old sweatshirt. You can cover yourself like a bruise. Like that's a hard hitting line. And you, you're like, Oh wow, that's really brutal. But like the whole thesis of the song is that like, you have all the control in this, right? Like it's, you can pick any one of these guys and just that's your next boyfriend. <laughs> sit on stage that he's meant for it to be mean did he because it it feels like it's it's meant to be like like biting but like ironic right like he's not really saying these things he's like kind of just poking fun at the whole theory of them right but i don't think he's wrong no i think that's another song where the the woman has the agency and like we could pick any guy like right not not to be like oh like women have all the power but especially music you you just don't see that dynamic a lot and i think that that dynamic isn't super inherent in this song either until you start to like really listen to the lyrics but um let your boyfriend deal with the dealers you know it's it's just like you're using the guy to get what you want which is kind of a spin on what most uh, most popular relationship songs are mm-hmm. right it's a spin on the idea of like you need the the guy to handle all the details of stuff and then they're gonna just make it nice for you but that's not really what he's saying here it's it's that i'm gonna take advantage of the fact that i got this guy doing all the stuff for me <laughs> exactly and i think the the narrator like the the meanness and kind of quippiness from it comes from the narrator being a little bitter about that because they don't necessarily have the power that she's looking for. Um, but I always kind of, it's one of my favorite songs um, and ha- have always kind of repurposed it as like an empowerment for like, yeah, that's right. I can make him like me. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. <laughs> While we're on the song. So you guys end your episodes with the song, but it's a cover of it. Right. So did you guys have a band? Is that you guys or is it, that is like- our other uh, host, Heidi. Um, it is her band, Early Riser. Oh, nice! They did a cover of that um, a few, a couple years ago, um, and then actually at one of the Boston shows um, opened for um, for the band. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is so? Is that on Spotify? Do you know? Yeah, yeah Early Riser is yep. on Spotify, and mm-hmm. their and their uh, albums are as well. So everyone should should check them out. They cool. play shows regularly around the city. All right, Kev, you want to go? <clears throat> sure. So 
Uh, it's no secret I've said on previous episodes, stay positive is probably the record I fell into the band because he Gasper. And so it's kind of holds a soft spot for me. So two handed handshake on that record is, is such an interesting look at the differences between guys and girls. One silver earring Says he parties on weekends He turns to the channels When he's watching the TV He recites lines from movies When he's trying to be funny The guys It's like we're not even trying If you've ever been out in the bar At night Drinking with your friends Trying to meet people The impressions that come across i mean craig comes right out of the gate talking about the guy who does the two-handed handshake which you know in business supposed to be like this warm and fuzzy and like oh we're really close but it's bullshit we know it's bullshit (laughs) the person on the other end that gets the two-handed handshake knows it's bullshit like and you know if the guy goes up to the girl and does the two hand like the girl knows so it's a very interesting look to me at the differences when people are out and you know in to craig's credit there's some parts in this song and i'd be curious to hear what the ladies think but like the ladies don't come off necessarily that great too because they do what the guys do and differently (laughs) and i think that's the point that makes the song work so uniquely and it's not really so full of hatred is that in the battle of the sexes you want to go back to the old school like we all have our games. We all play them. And and here's Craig kind of spinning them out. Like, you know, the girls will go to sleep with the makeup on, even if they wake up with a pimple, because the makeup helps them when they're in the scene. Like all of these references that they sort of make about it really. It's 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 to me what Craig does the best when when he paints a world that the minute you go, I've been that guy. Eh, it sounds douchey. Maybe I'm a douche, too. Like, you know, <laughs> and. and or like, oh man, is that really what it's like? And you know, and in the end, he tries to give you the the kind of little push at the end. Where he's like, guys, I'm pretty sure we could pull it back together. And girls, you got to try and be nice to one another. We've all been out. We've seen girls get into it with each other. I was out the other night at a show, and two girls were like, "She stole my five thousand dollar bag," and I'm like, "Whoa!" And these weren't twenty year olds. These are forty somethings. <laughs> and I was like, "This is crazy. I'm gonna go." away from here and i had my wife with me i'm like you can watch but i get hit and i'm i'm in trouble i'm leaving so you know but that I, that's why i love this song because it's it starts with a very simple even the title two-handed handshake you think it's something good but the song kind of really breaks down into some of the the seedier sides of what guys do what girls do like and how they are when they're out and about trying to figure out how's this night going to end for me and and this is one of the only songs where you kind of get the advice of like how to make it all better, right? Like it's like just we could all do better. It's there's like a positive message there where it's not the necessarily tragic relationship. It's, it's it was a good pick actually. I, you know, and, and I kind of looked at it too. It's like Craig's way of saying like we're all in this together, so like right. we can help each other. Like hey, when we're out, let's just all be everybody's wingman or wingwoman or like you know <laughs> we can 
we can have this in the way everybody wants and everybody's happy. You don't have to do all this other bullshit beforehand to get there. At least that's how I interpret that song. And it's such a fun song because it is upbeat and you kind of think like it's this party track, but really he's talking about some kind of, yeah, maybe some <laughs> below the surface, little scummier type of mentality that exists in some of this culture. <laughs> I can just relate because he says, you know, Friday night we're at first Avenue and we're like pirates at bay. And that just kind of reminds me of where I was and <laughs> how I was acting. In that <laughs> Craig's quite a good, good writer. I don't know if you ever noticed. <laughs> He's going to make something of himself one day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the male take on that song. What's the female take on that song? I think that there have been, been going to these shows and been in this scene a long time. I think there have been uh, hold steady shows and after parties that feel a lot like uh, two-handed handshake. Um, and I feel a lot like uh, parts of that resonate for me. And then I was just reading the lyrics a little bit while you were talking, Kevin, and refreshing them in my mind. And I think um, sometimes narrator Craig gets a little condescending in his uh, advice, uh, like in uh, Wait a While, uh, as an example. And I think we we see a little bit of that in here as well. And it's it's condescending that, you know, I, the first time I heard wait a while, for example, I was like, fine, but you don't have to say it. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but this song is a lot like that, too, because it's like, yeah, everybody, everybody knows that we're all joking and, like, faking it and that we're all putting mm -hmm. on this persona and, and none of it's real. But, like, you don't have to just say it like that, dude. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, to me, the to me, the line that's really cutting in this song, which I don't know, when, is when he says, you dress like contestants at some mm -hmm. desperate pageant. And like, <laughs> I'm like, come on now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like, I can't say that. Maybe if I put it to a tune, but like if I said that to anybody while I was out, I'd get smacked across the face. And rightfully so. Like, yeah. I would expect that to be the response if you went up to anybody that you were trying to start a conversation. I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. Like, you say that, that. Like you were saying, it's very condescending. And it's very like, it's like a backhanded compliment almost. Like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you like, oh, you you look great. But it's kind of desperate. Yeah, A so, backhanded I mean, this handshake. Is yeah, backhanded. <laughs> nice, backhanded nice one. There we go. Maybe that should be the name of the episode, backhanded handshake. <laughs> Sounds a bit like a euphemism, but I think it might work. <laughs> I think um, this is, I stay positive this is aging record, right? Like he he's talking, he's talked about that at length. And I feel like he was just talking about it um, on his last podcast episode with uh, George Saunders. Um, but this and like joke about Jamaica and a lot of other, um, songs around this era have a very like um, I'm watching this happening all around me and I'm not sure of where my place is within all of this uh, and I think that it's an interesting outsider perspective that he starts to explore rather than being like in it <laughs> I mean it's they're all filled with all of those biting lines like going back to wait a while like it, that line like there's other words than yes it's like Wow. <laughs> it's like he's calling her a slut. What the hell? Mm. I think that is exactly what I said in our Teeth Dreams episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. We do not slut shame, Craig. <laughs> we don't need the judgment. We, come on. 
All right. So just to, to end on a more positive note, I did want to talk a little bit about Chill Out Tempo. Before we do, I was glad you brought up um, the podcast because we talked about bringing up the podcast and and I got voted down, but thank you for bringing it up because now I win. Um, so Kayla what did gave you think about – Yes, you did. <laughs> and I'm taking it. So what did you think about the uh, about the episode? Like I'm glad to see he's back with season two and George Saunders was such an awesome guest. Like – I, I really like Craig's podcast and I feel like in this ep- this season too, he's like found his groove more and like has figured out who he wants to be as, as a pot. Like the, the conversation felt more natural. I think that, um, sorry, Craig, if you listen to this, there were episodes in the, in the first season that felt a little like he was reading off questions and not mm-hmm. like letting himself have a conversation, but this one felt a lot more natural. And George Sa- Saunders is a big, uh, that's a big get. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and that kind of happens with podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I feel like we get a little bit better every show and it just comes from doing it, you know, like it's, it's, it's an adventure for sure. (laughs) You go back to some of our earlier episodes and you're like, wow, what are you guys doing? (laughs) See, we got to get come full circle now with two things. Cause since we're talking about podcast guests, it can get me back to the point I didn't get to make when we were talking about two handed handshake, which is when on your last podcast, you guys had Franz on Mm. and he brought up the point that he felt that it was right around the time of stay positive where the audience seemed to shift a little bit. He said during the early tours, he didn't notice some of the overly uh, dad bar man driven audience that seemed to permeate. But then you guys kind of brought up the point about the messaging at that time. And I thought, it's interesting that that record sort of, and as we were just talking about with Craig, it's kind of like his aging record. And is that sort of the, um, what happens as part of Craig's aging music kind of brought out some of this other contingency that might not have been there from the beginning, which then plays into the point of why you guys do the podcast in the first place is, you know, hold steady is for everyone, men, women, gay, trans, it doesn't matter. You, it should be an all-inclusive group. But at some point, even Franz admitted, like, at that time, it seemed like it started to shift. And I was curious, as you guys were talking to him, like, does that sort of work in your timeline? Or did you kind of feel it before and then just realize, like, oh, he missed it? I'm curious. Yeah, I noticed it around then. And I also think it aligns with when they when they got uh, popular, right? Because they blew up after Boys and Girls. And then so Stay Positive was their first album that really had like a ton of hype leading up to it outside of just like the pitchfork sphere. Like there was a lot of hype, obviously, after they were on like cover of Village Voice and everything. But like Stay Positive was the first one that was like, they're going to put this out. They're going to tour on it. They're, you know, they're going to be on late night shows, et cetera. And I think that, that some of the, the like hardcore callbacks that Craig's doing, like on the, the album track, um, do bring out like, not even necessarily like, uh, the dad crew, um, but the like frat crew who are like, mm-hmm. get hammered and don't like, don't see it as, ironic because i think a lot of that is ironic but they're you know they're fully embracing it right i mean and that was the record that they had a hit on active rock radio that was sequestered in memphis was so you could see the college crowd kind of getting pulled in it was a weird mix that was my first show actually was mccarran park pool oh Um, wow it was the first time i saw them 
And it was that crowd of like your college group and your dad. It was a weird crowd. So yeah. like I, I do see the point. And that has evolved since then, I think. But The first time I, I saw like them that. was on that tour and it was a similarly weird crowd, but weird in the opposite way, which I talked about on the episode with Franz. But I saw them at a Christian college. So it was a, a dry show. Nobody could drink. And um, the front row was at least mixed enough that I didn't notice feeling out of place. I didn't notice that I was the only woman. I made friends with the the other girls that were next to me. So then when I saw them again a few years later and it was more apparent and I had been like, you know, reading articles then about like, Oh, dad's night out or whatever. By that point, I realized that like it felt, it, it did look kind of weird, but I didn't, I didn't come into it with that, um, frame of reference just because the first time I saw them was so different and I didn't have any friends that liked them. So I didn't have anything really to like compare to. So I'm going to just pose the question now for the group since Desi just kind of wrote it out. Do you think the introduction of your experience in alcohol at a show is why that changed the second time to the first time? Cause you said you didn't notice it the first time because it was sort of a, a dry show and everything. And then, Hold Steady has some very intoxicated fans that part of the reason why I don't like to be in the middle of them because then I mm. wear a drink or five. Um, I'm just curious that as you're as you just pointed out, the first time you didn't notice it, but the second time you did, it was more of a traditional show. Do you think the alcohol changed the experience? I think it was less the alcohol, more just the, the setting because um, it, mm. it was a sold out uh college like theater so it was like a i don't know maybe 800 people but like seated and there were like a few rows of ga standing at the front and then the next time i saw that so the first three times i saw them were all i feel like kind of weird outliers um and then i didn't see them again until they came back but the second time i saw them was at the strut in michigan and it was a 300 capacity bar like tiny tiny dive bar and i was on crutches um (laughs) So I don't know if the crutches, <laughs> I don't know if the crutches made people God. be nicer to me, uh, but that show was also super great because, you know, I made friends. People were like, "Hey, we're gonna go to the bar. Can we get you a beer?" Like, just uh, a lot of uh, friendly friends, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third time I saw them was the uh, the tenth anniversary at the Abbey, where uh, I was one of the the fans who was too intoxicated. So <laughs> I've, I've been through, go. I think the, the gamut. You've seen all sides of it. Experiences. Yeah. You're on the gamut. Were you in the chill out tent later? I should have. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do want to say though, you're both way too hardcore for me considering you went to a show on crutches. Kaylee's gone pregnant. I don't want to go with a stuffy nose. So like you guys. <laughs> about the, I'm going to be you seven know? months for the Boston May shows. And I was, I was telling Gottlieb um, before the show last, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make that work. And he's like, we'll figure it out. And I was like, yeah, okay. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. They, good they are so good at that. Though. Fine, like yeah. they, they, they are great to the fans. They and, are. Um, they are. I mentioned it. They're very accommodating. The, um, yeah the massive night show episode. Um, I brought my son for the first time yeah. to a whole steady show. And so my son's special needs, I can't put him in the crowd and, and all that. And they set us up with that side area by the bowling alley. And it was just so cool. It was so much fun to see him, you know, 
to, to live the line, right? Like awesome. the kids at the shows yeah. having the kids at their own. Like, so, so they are very cool and, and shout out to the band for that. And well, uh, one of, uh, behind it. yeah, that's amazing. Um, one of my, one of our other, uh, best friends from, from the shows, Emily, who's often a member of the front row wine and the pit crew is due on the same day as me. So we'll, we will be at massive nights, uh, 2023 as mom's night out. Um, and maybe bring the babies to sound check. We'll see. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome. We're soliciting babysitters now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be the husbands, honestly. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I've done that yeah. with Heather before where yeah. it's like, you go tonight, I'll go another night. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, before we wrap up our theme, could we touch on Chill Out Tent? Because I feel like we'd be doing it the service if we didn't. Sure. Like, so we're going to end on a hookup song? Is that what you're saying, Gasper? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the happiest relationship song in the whole steady universe, right? Like, it's, you know, they have their fling, and it's it's fun and all. And, um, and then I was they at- just go... Right. Go about their separate ways. And nobody gets hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Gasper's the one that pointed this out to us, but have you guys seen the YouTube mix with uh, Grease mixed in with Chill Out Tent? So it's got a John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John mixed in with (laughs) Chill Out Tent. (laughs) So we were talking about how like people just have too much time on their hands. Like somebody dubbed Chill Out Tent into the scene, the summer loving scene from from Grease. That's pretty good. It's just, it's a perfect comparison because, like, that is like the closest the hold steady will ever get to a, a bebopping grease scene. Yeah. Like that. To the guy who made its credit, too, it really worked. It worked well. Like, when you watch them in their bob skirts and leather jackets and kind of prancing around and telling the story back and forth, it, it's just a modern day summer nights, really. That's, yeah. that's what Chill Out Done is. Yeah, it's a great song. I uh, it was never one of my like top favorites on the album, but I really love it when we hear it live because I feel like we so rarely do. Um, and then I do. I love all the references in it, um, all the literary references, and there's some great great wordplay. Um, I also loved hearing all the different uh, demo iterations on the deluxe boys and girls, mm-hmm. and all the things that. Uh, I think the different colleges that he had instead of Bowdoin and all in the songs prior. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so who is your favorite uh, guest on at a live show to play those parts? I missed the year with Augusta cause I can never get all four days off work. Um, I really loved the year with Ezra. Oh yeah. Think, yeah. That was a good one. That was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Uh, was there a year that Laura and Rosenstock did it together? I think I there was. So yeah, that and one was good too. I yeah. was gonna say I always. I, I know I Rosenstock has, but yeah. yeah. I was actually was it was it Laura Stevenson and Rosenstock or was it Laura Stevenson and Titus? I know Titus did it one year. I don't remember who the so, female part was. I don't. I don't think that was Laura. I think it was Laura and Jeff. It may have been Titus and Ezra, and I'm trying to remember. Maybe. Hmm. Look back at my pictures. But <laughs> how about you? I, who is your favorite? I love when whenever you get to see Laura Stevenson. I've been meaning to see She's her wonderful. on a solo show, but I, I love her stuff. And that new record is amazing. It's big for me this year. It was a big, yeah. I uh, She just announced the 10th uh, anniversary for The Wheel. So I'm hoping to go to that in Boston in, in April. Cool. Yeah. She's wonderful. I'm a big fan. 
I will say too, that song is probably the only song that mentions Izzy Stradlin. So he probably, he may not even know he's referenced in a song <laughs> as like the most unfamous member of Guns N' Roses ever. So good on him to have at least one mention somewhere. Because yeah. I did notice that too. Have you ever really taken a look at the poster above my head? This is my living room. That's a poster they put out on the 10 year anniversary and it shows like all the references and there's like a key code of like, who's who like one day, Kevin, when you come over, you're going to check that out of all the various references to, to hold steady songs and famous. Just, people. you know, Gasper's not a fake hold steady fan. He has a hold steady poster throughout his entire living room. And <laughs> he does. Room. It's legit. Oh my God. The, the, the really sad part is you got to see my office. It's, it's, Almost embarrassing how many Hold Steady posters I have up. <laughs> we have is quite it, a few. <laughs> is it unfair for me to say my least favorite chill out tent guest was Michael Imperioli? Or was that not peace? No, I think that's fair. <laughs> right. Although that is the year that Augusta um, yes. did the female part. So What, he didn't learn right. his lines as normal? Or what happened there? He was, just he was there. He just guy. didn't sell it to me. He And it was weird him on stage. And I'm like, oh, Michael from Sopranos is trying to do chill out tent. And. My know. parents were very confused when I relayed all of that to them because they <laughs> they know about the whole study in me. But I was like, and Christopher, and they were like, what? And they're huge Sopranos fans, <laughs> right? <but laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a strange moment for me. Yeah, I'm curious how that came about that that he opened for them because um, it was a weird guest. It it almost felt like you were watching someone's little brother's Garage Band. Play. <laughs> it was on that one movie we reviewed on here, Stuck Between Stations. Remember, right. he was on for like two scenes, and then he just like dipped out after one day right. of recording. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie, Stuck Between Stations? No, it's, no, not yet. It's a terrible movie, but it's worth watching just for the goof. Basically, that it's got cool. nothing to do with the whole study. It, uh, but they do take the line. So I think the the guy who. Pr- who made it or the guy who produced it was a huge Hold Steady fan and oh, that's okay. where it comes from. But it takes place in Minneapolis. There's a huge First Avenue scene. Yeah. Put it on the list and for Imperial. Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. It's I a good just, mindless movie. <laughs> I went back and it was uh, Brooklyn Bowl 2019, but it was Ezra and Jeff who were doing Chill Out 10. And I, I did, I loved that one. Ezra was probably one of my favorite openers out of Brooklyn Bowl as well. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I loved when she opened for the for the band. It was such a great and and that vibe of like the prison suits and like yep. her, it was very cool. Yeah. Mm. All right. I think we're good. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Desi and Kaylee, for joining yeah, us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on the show again. Um, uh, Desi and Kaylee from the Hold Steady is for Women podcast. You can check them out anywhere podcasts are heard. Um, you guys have anything you want to promote? I think that's it. Well, we're doing like monthly episodes now, so we'll be around uh, in the next couple weeks with another episode. Awesome. We will definitely be listening. Great. Thank you, guys. Uh, Yeah, thanks. Great. Thank you. You don't have to deal with the dealers. Let your boyfriend deal with the dealers. It only gets inconvenient when you want to get high alone.
What a great conversation with the ladies from the Hold Steady is for Women. Thanks again to Kaylee and Desi for joining us. As we say every episode, if you love what we do here on the Hood Rat Recap Podcast, make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we have so many options for you to reach out to us, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, tell a friend. Give us a like, a follow. Leave us a comment. All of that stuff helps us as we are out here talking about our favorite and your favorite band, The Hold Steady. Mike, what else we got for them? Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody on our Facebook page, The Hood Rat Recap Podcast, there's a link to SpeakPipe, and uh, I just want everybody to start hitting that up. You can uh, leave us a voicemail, and we might play you on the next episode. Uh, you can just leave a comment, or you can... We want to hear what hold steady uh, lyrics you misheard. Uh, if you have a clever name for like a hold steady cover band, like, uh, you know, like, you know how they always have clever names like Dread Zeppelin and stuff like that. So we want to hear your hold steady cover band names. And so you just go on to speak pipe onto our Facebook page and just leave us a little message. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, man. And if you're looking uh, for our speak pipe and our social media or any of our episodes, a great jumping off point for that is our link tree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the Hood Rat Recap. And you can find all things Hood Rat Recap there. So please check it out. And once again, I'm Gasper. That's Kevin. That's Mike. And that's Kaylee and Desi, the ladies from The Hold Steady is for Women. And us guys and you guys and those ladies, all of us, we are all the Hood Rat Recap. Party sounds good.